lazy afternoon. Gosh, it's hot. What are we all going to do this afternoon? Nothing. I feel as if I'm melting. It's even too hot to go swimming. Let's have a lazy afternoon for once. If anyone suggests a walk or a bike ride in this heat, I shall scream. <laughs> Timmy's suggesting a walk, George. Go on, scream. Too hot even for that. Let's find a cool, shady place. Take our books and either read or snooze till tea time. I should enjoy a lazy afternoon for once. Timmy was mournful. He didn't agree at all. Come on then. We'll go to that little copse we know under those leafy trees, near that tiny stream that ripples along and makes a nice cruel noise. Well, I think I can just about walk there. They all set off, strolling along, unable to keep up with the lively, energetic Timmy. It makes me hot even to look at Timmy. Hot to hear him, too, panting like a steam engine. Put your tongue in, Timmy. I can't bear to look at it. Timmy ran ahead, glad that they were off for what appeared to be a walk. He was very disappointed when the others flopped down under some big leafy trees near a small brook. He stood looking at them in disgust. Sorry, Tim. No walkie-walk. Come and sit down with us. For goodness sake, don't go rabbiting in this weather. It would be a waste of your time, Timmy. All sensible bunnies are having an afternoon snooze, down at the bottom of their holes, waiting for the cool evening to come. Timmy watched the four arrange themselves comfortably under a canopy made by young saplings and bushes. Branches from big trees nearby overhung them, and by the time the four had wriggled themselves well into the little thicket, not a single sunbeam could reach them. In fact, it was difficult to see them, so well hidden were they in the green shade. This is better. I think it's about the coolest spot we could find anywhere. Doesn't that little stream sound nice too, gurgling away over the stones? I think I'm going to sleep. And if you dare flop yourself down on my middle, Timmy, I shall send you home. Timmy stood and looked at the well-hidden four. His tail drooped. What was the point of coming to a wood to lie down and do nothing? Well, he was going rabbiting. He swung round, pushed his way out of the thicket and disappeared. Oh, he's gone rabbiting after all. Well, I hope he remembers where we are and comes back at tea time. Now for a lazy, peaceful, quiet afternoon. Don't talk so much, George. Gosh, I feel sleepy. In a few minutes, the four were all asleep. Books lay unopened on the ground. A small beetle ran over Anne's leg, and she didn't even feel it. A robin hopped onto a branch just above Dick's face, but his eyes were closed and he didn't see it. 
It certainly was a hot afternoon. Nobody was about at all. Not a sound was to be heard, except for the running water nearby, and a yellowhammer somewhere who persisted in saying he wanted a little bit of bread and no cheese. The four were as sound asleep as if they were in bed. And then, far away on a road that bordered the wood, a motorbike came by. It had a sidecar and it made quite a noise. But the four sleepers heard nothing. They did not know that the motorbike had slowed down and turned into the wood, taking one of the grassy woodland walks that wound here and there, quiet and cool. The motorbike came down one of the paths, not making very much noise now because it was going slowly. It came near to the little copse where the children lay hidden in the cool shade of the bushes. The engine of the motorbike gave a sudden little cough as it came along, and Julian awoke with a start. What was that noise? He listened, but he could hear nothing more because the motorbike with its sidecar had now stopped. Julian shut his eyes again. But he opened them immediately because he heard voices. Low voices. People must be somewhere near. Where were they? Julian hoped they would not disturb the four in their cool hiding place. He made a little peephole in the bush he was lying under and spied through it. He saw the motorbike and sidecar on the grassy path some way off. He saw two men, one just getting out of the sidecar. Julian didn't like the look of them. What villainous-looking fellows! Whatever are they doing here in the middle of a summer's afternoon? At first the men talked in low voices, and then an argument started. One raised his voice. I, I, I tell you, we were followed. It's the only thing to do to come here and dump this stuff. A small bag was dragged out of the sidecar. The second man seemed to be grumbling, not at all willing to do what the other wanted. I tell you, I know it won't be found if we put it there. What's biting you? We can't afford to be stopped with the stuff on us, and I know we were being followed. It was only because we crossed against those traffic lights that we got away. Yeah. Julian woke the others and whispered to them. Something peculiar was happening. Soon all the four were peering through leafy peepholes at what was going on they saw what looked like a small mailbag on the ground by the motorbike. What are they going to do with it? Oughtn't we to burst out on them? I would if we had Timmy with us, but he's gone rabbiting and maybe miles away. And these ruffians would be more than a match for us. Blow, we don't even show ourselves. We can only watch. I hope we see where they hide the stuff, whatever it is. There they go with the bag. I can see them. They're climbing a tree. Yes, one's already up, and the other is passing the bag to him. It must have a hollow trunk, I think. Gosh, I wish Timmy was here. Now the second fellow's trying to climb up too. The first one wants help, I suppose. The bag must be stuck. Both men were now up the tree, trying to stuff the bag down some kind of hollow there. At last there was a thud, 
as if the bag dropped down. If only Timmy was here. It's maddening to lie here and do nothing. But we'd be no match for those two desperate fellows. Then a sudden noise came to their ears. The scampering of feet. Then came a familiar sound. Timmy! Julian leapt up and pushed his way out of his hiding place at once. Tell him to guard that tree, George. Quick! Here, Timmy. On guard! The astonished Timmy ran to the tree where the two men were staring down in horror. Timmy gave a most blood-curdling growl, and one man, who had been about to jump down, shrank back and yelled. Oi! Call that dog off! What do you think you're doing? You tell us what you're doing. What's in the bag you pushed down that tree hollow? What bag? What are you talking about? You must be mad. Call that dog off or I'll report you to the police. Right. We'll report you at the same time. You'll jolly well stay up that tree till we bring the police here. And I warn you, if you try jumping down and running away, you'll be sorry. You have no idea what sharp teeth that dog has. The two men were so angry that they could hardly speak. Timmy barked loudly and kept leaping up to try to reach them. Julian turned to Dick. Dick, take Anne and George to the highway and stop a car. Go to the nearest police station and tell the police to send men here at once. Buck up! But before Dick could go off with the two girls, there came the sound of another motorbike. And then a third, bumping along the woodland path. Julian fell silent. Were more ruffians coming? Timmy would be a great help if so. Julian and the others got behind trees and watched to see who was on the coming motorbikes. The police! They must have been the ones chasing those fellows. Somebody must have given the tip that they turned off into the wood. Hey, we can help you! The two traffic policemen stopped in surprise. They saw the motorbike and sidecar. Have you kids seen anything of two men with a bag? Yes. The bag's stuffed down a tree over there, and our dog's guarding the men. They're up in the tree. You've come just in time to collect them. <laughs> My word, pretty hot stuff. The policeman grinned as he saw the two scared men up the tree, with Timmy leaping up hopefully at them. The bag's up there too, is it? Down in the hollow of the tree. Oh, well, thanks very much for doing our job for us. We got some pals on the roadway. We said we'd whistle if we'd found anything. Well, you two up the tree. <laughs> you thought you'd fooled us, didn't you? You come in quietly, or do we ask the dog to help us round you up? Jim and Stan took one look at the eager Timmy. Yeah, we'll come quietly. And when three more men came racing down the woodland path, there was no trouble at all. Jim and Stan went off with the policemen, Timmy gave one last fierce bark and all five watched the men, the motorbikes and the sidecar disappear with many bumps up the path back to the highway. Well, talk about a nice, cool, lazy afternoon. I'm hotter than ever now. Timmy's tongue was hanging out almost to the ground. He looked very hot too. Well, you shouldn't go rabbiting. No wonder you're hot. 
It's a jolly good job he did go rabbiting. If he'd been with us, he'd have barked, and those fellows would have known we were here, and would have gone further on to hide their goods. We'd never have seen what they were doing, or have been able to catch them. Yes, that's true. All right, Timmy. You were right to go rabbiting, and to come back when you did. Tea time, everybody. Well, well, what a very nice, peaceful, lazy afternoon. I really have enjoyed it. <laughs>